The Great Northern Way Great Northern Way Every day I listen to The Great Northern Way Hey guys out there in listening land, this is your boy Kevil and this is The Great Northern Way here on Ruckus Avenue Radio and we so thankful for you tuning in. We do understand that you have listening choices so we thank you for choosing The Great Northern Way today on this Thursday and it's beautiful because you know it's, it's, this is the April, this is, you know, spring is in the air, you know, pollen is all around us so if you got you know, those allergies, you know, you might want to go and get your medicine, get your antihistamine, get everything you need because, yeah, it's, it's happening right now. The cherry blossoms, I think they're about to come out, too. You know what I mean? All the spring bloom is in the air. So, uh, you know, and we feeling good, too. And if you want to feel good and talk to us, send us a message. You can do so at The Great Northern Way, P-O-D, and that's on Instagram. And then you could also do that on Facebook. And on Facebook, that's Kevo, K-E-V-O. C-A-B-E-L, Kevo Cabell. Uh, and then for anything The Great Northern Way related, you can always find us on Linktree. And that's Linktree forward slash The Great Northern Way. Um, and then also, guys, uh, today, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of springed out. You know, I got my little tank top on because it was it's kind of hot cold. I got the hot leather, hot, whatever. I'm doing my thing. Uh, but we got a promotion coming up, uh, which will be uh, The Great Northern Way by uh, Crooks and Castles. Uh, so that's actually going to be coming out in the next uh, next couple of weeks. So you can get that at the Great Northern Way shop, uh, our promotional items with uh, Crooks and Castles. And that will be on Facebook. And you can go to the face, Facebook, sorry, The Great Northern Way, S-H-O-P. That's Facebook, The Great Northern Way shop. And you can go pick one of those up and be extra fly, you know, The Great Northern Way style. Uh, so we're thankful for that as well. Um, we got a lot going on. And, and obviously, this is our DJ Madness Month. Right, we've had like a, a great, uh, you know, kind of foray of DJs. We started off with DJ Crips Cuss, uh, with the mix that got a lot of feedback. So thanks for that, and shout out to DJ Crisp Cuts for that one. Um, and then this week, a couple of days ago, actually, we premiered uh, our second uh, DJ Madness entry, and that was with DJ Relly Rails, and that's from the Bay to Vancouver. It's part one, part two will be out soon. And so you know, the 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 love for the DJ. Getting hyped. That's in the air right now. The pollen and love for DJs. And you can't show love for DJs without going toward my man right here to the right of me uh, who gets the party started. He's a promoter. Uh, let's see. Producer. Uh, IT extraordinaire. And he's definitely, definitely a DJ. And that's my man, DJ EVM. My man, welcome to the uh, Great Northern Way. How you What's doing today, What's going on, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Hey. So it's going to be fun. I like it. Hey, no, thank <laughs> you for making time, man. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, you're a man about town. And so I thank you for making time for us and, you know, coming to your busy world, man. And so uh, how you been, man? How was your day? How was everything? It was good. It's good. Just busy, man. Like, uh, I was talking to you before. <laughs> it's a long weekend, uh, basically, uh, coming up. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Easter, right? So Easter, yeah, yes. it's right here. So like you said, spring is in the air. Yeah. A lot of movement happening. A lot of people are, you know, itching to get out. And uh, the sun comes out and, you know, the skirts come out. And uh, <laughs> hey. the guys get excited. Hey. Everybody's got some spring fever happening, so. <laughs> hey, you know, in Vancouver, you gotta be careful out here because I, you, yeah, shoot, the sun will come out one day, <laughs> and then you'll be like, oh yeah, summer's 
or springs here. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then what? Five minutes later, you getting rained on. <laughs> you got your little summer skirt, your yeah. little summer whatever, and yeah, you getting rained on because uh, the rain does not play out here. Like it, it gets it gets busy. It, it, so you got to always keep you a little umbrella. I got me a little one here, so I'm good. Thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate your concern. Um, but yeah, no, it's beautiful, man. So uh, you know, you are a DJ. You do so many different things. But, uh, you know, let's, uh, I, I, well, I can tell you, uh, the, well, at least the audience, how we met, man. You promote, and that's how we met. You had a light night at a club out here, and I happened to be there, and we chopped it up. And, man, you had that thing on fire. Like, a lot of people talk about Vancouver, and they say, oh, it's not really diverse. You know, it's not really a bunch of uh, races represented. But you wouldn't know, coming into one of your nights... I mean, cumbia, margarita, no, no, uh, uh, oh my God, salsa, merengue, like, beautiful. Like, you have everything going, man. Yeah, it, it, it was a really fun night that night. Yeah, we mostly stick to, to the Latin reggaeton type of urban style, but, uh, okay. you know, we like to have fun with, with everything. You know, a little bit of salsa, a little bit of cumbia, merengue. It all gets mished and mashed, and, and why not throw some top 40, some hip-hop, some... Everything in there, the way we, like I call it, our roller coaster, right? We like to take you up and then take you down and then take you right back up. And then every, it just makes it for such a fun experience for everybody. And, you know, I've never really had any bad complaints about the way we do it. And I guess that's why I'm still doing it. <laughs> hey, and doing it you are, I man. I mean, I, can I give a shout out? The Latin girls was on fire. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I see one thing about Latin women. If the vibe and the music is not right, they're not going to be dancing. However... If you got that vibe up and Latin women, you know, if they know the song, like, I don't know, like, uh, whomever is a huge reggaeton, Bad Bunny, right, whomever the guy is, uh, they will be on the dance floor. And they will be screaming and dancing yeah. to the top of their lungs yeah. with all of their hips, with yeah. every single part. So that's, I mean, and, and, and you know it both ways. You know it as a promoter, meaning, because I, I, didn't, I didn't notice you that night. You were coming outside, you were checking on your guests, yeah. who was coming in. And yeah. then, obviously, when you went inside, which really surprised me because I, I had just met you, so I didn't really know you that well. Yeah. And then you, you put the earphones on and you was over there. And I'm like, this dude from the front <laughs> to the back, he got everything on lock. You're going to get in because, he, because he, he told you about it or he put you on his lips. And then when you get in, he's going to take care of you. So, like, you have it. What I'm trying to say is when you have your vibe going, you have your vibe going really from the front to the back. And, um, and you're a consummate businessman with it. And, and, you know, it's cool when a businessman is just able to, you know, most people when they uh, put their suit on, they, you know, they're very tight in the boardroom. You're like, yo, bro, let's, let's go and get that Serato on, man. <laughs> That's what's up. And Serato is a DJ equipment. So, yeah. Know. But, yeah. Um, but no, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's 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 something I started, obviously, as DJing. But, uh, but when, when you go through... Like so much of our, my experience DJing, um, I feel like the DJs need just need to take over. Like the DJs just need to like know their worth and just take over. Cause like everybody comes out and they want to see us. They like they come because of the music. If the music's no bueno, they're gonna leave. Yep. So at the end of the day, right. we just gotta take over and just realize that we're the ones that are literally like running nightlife entertainment. Cause if we're not there, nothing's happening. Yeah. Uh, so let's just take over. That's why I was like, well, you know what? I'm sick and tired of all these promoters doing this and not doing that, or I right. want to do it differently. Fuck it, I'll just do it all myself. And then I got a good partner. Always have to have somebody that's got your back. And and when you find that person, man, it just blows up. And 
and the the and the way how we started we started doing covid too which is like everybody's like you guys are doing entertainment business during covid you guys are nuts and we're like no 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 this is exactly when to do it because everybody's back at zero so now everybody is starting from the start line and they're going to see who are the best ones and the best ones are the ones that are going to succeed because everybody's now on the level playing field and uh so far so good right now obviously you got the people that are you know um that have had that history from before but but I mean, I, we're just I'm just grateful, you know, and very yes. grateful for for the opportunity. We're gonna, we're gonna we get got. into that, but I, man, you just got me a little pumped up. I'm like, <laughs> Crown Zero, okay? Well, yeah, everybody's gonna see who's the best. I'm like, yeah. woo! All right, you, you you brought me back to like high school days when we were playing football. But let's talk about let's bring it back a little bit. You sure. said you were born in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, originally, and you yep. lived there till you were nine, and you that's when your your family migrated up to. Uh, to Edmonton? Edmonton, yeah. Okay. To Edmonton, yeah. I grew up there. I uh, spent uh, most of my, you know, out of What was the change like? Because, I mean, like, you're talking about one continent, but, well, I guess it's not the furthest south, but between Mexico, Canada, and uh, the U.S., Mexico is the furthest south, and then you come, you skipped it over the Canada, I mean, the U.S., and you went to... Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, cha- the, 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 the there's a drastic difference, obviously, like, especially going to Alberta, which is, you know, they call it the Texas of Canada, and then coming <laughs> from, you know, a warm, you know, cozy 20-degree weather to, you know, minus whatever, like 40 or 50 in the winter, I've been there. Um, when I first got there at nine years old, I mean, I didn't know a lick of English, so the growing up was hard. It was very difficult getting, you know, bullied, picked on throughout, like, you know, my younger years. Um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough, but you know, I'm, I'm glad I went through it. I think it gave me some good experience and some thick skin and allowed me to, um, be where I am today. Nice. No, that's what's up, bro. I really, uh, a lot of people tell me about Vancouver and like we talked about earlier about diversity and, you know, your clubs, obviously, you know, I mean, they're diverse, but they have a Latin vibe. Um, But a lot of people don't know about the minority experience here aside from, say, native, uh, the native people Mm -hmm. or the indigenous uh, community out here. Right. Uh, People are very familiar with that. Right. But to be, you know, Latin or black is a little bit different, especially Edmonton, I don't know, it's the biggest city is uh, the further north in uh, Alberta. So you told me you were literally the only Latino kid in your school? Yeah. In like my, literally in the yeah, only like one? literally like yeah, there's I think there's me and then there's one uh, there's one black guy too, I remember. Like you talking about one. Yeah, like yeah. like let me be clear that yeah. you're talking about one. Like yeah, you're not one, you're one. not exaggerating. No, uh, just one, yeah. Just one. There's a couple mixed kids, but I don't count them because you know they, <laughs> they, they can blend in. Yeah, they can, yeah, blend, they can in. blend in. Yeah, yeah, that's, what's, yeah that's funny. Barack Obama. Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah no. So yeah, basically the only one. Um, you know, and it's hard because people, you know, they don't know your culture. They don't. You're, you know, they look at you as an outsider. And their initial reaction is, you know, to to reject you or to, you know, make fun of you or whatever, you know, pick on you just because you're different. And it's just the easy thing to do, especially when you're a teenager, you know, you're trying to be, you know, uh, the cool kid or the class clown or whatever. You're just an easy target for that. Um, But uh, after they get to know you, I find that most people are, you know, quick to change their ways. They just need to be educated. Most of them are very ignorant, especially back then. I mean, we're talking early 2000s, like... Uh, you know how it was back there. There's no political correctness back then. It was yeah, nobody was getting canceled or shit. Yeah. <laughs> so so wait, did you get a lot? Of, was it like a lot of fights? Was it like no? Like, I, I was just I've just never been a fighter, so I'm right. not I'm not gonna start violence. So just have I'm not that type of person. Okay. okay. So um so it was just mostly um 
taking it uh, in the chin and then um, not literally, but you know, literally not physically. But uh, and then uh, education, man. I was just I was just trying to flip people. I was just trying to like show them like, look, this is why we're cool. Like every any chance we got like a class presentation or like a some uh, in a way that I could present myself and my culture and like they eventually figured it out and mostly due to sports as well. I'm, I was a good athlete. So as soon as they saw that I was, you know, good at that, uh, you know, I turned my team over teammates over real quick and then from there like you know i don't know if you know in high school but there's a hierarchy and athletes are usually at the top, top so yeah, yeah, of course. so then yeah once you got all those guys on your side nobody's fucking with you so anymore. you so that's a good segue so yeah. i was going to ask you about what your uh, things that you did like growing up and coming up i mean obviously uh the, one of the major sports here is hockey but uh yeah what sports were you into when you were just, coming up uh, mainly athlete? american football or just the regular canadian football i guess you could say and then soccer um football in mexico or the rest of the world really okay yeah okay um, so football and soccer yeah. were your biggest things yeah yeah and uh so you excelled at that you were good at that uh, and then at what point did you kind of make the transition into like the technical world or the, I don't know, the, I don't know, the in, you know, IT, but like more like where you like taking things apart and putting things together. And you're like, I like this better than getting hit by uh, 400 pound linebackers. <laughs> uh, not really. Like I was just, uh, I just picked something that I knew you could always get employed in. Um, mm, and I, I did, smart, I did smart. like uh, music. I was always in music, but for whatever reason, uh, um, music and sports always happen at the same time. So you could have to really pick one or the other. Mm. You could like band practice and football practice was always like, you know, after school at the same time. So football seemed like the, the thing that was kind of keeping my uh, high school reputation more alive than going and doing band. <laughs> so I chose that. And I mean, I have way more fun playing football than I did playing classical music. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. That's funny. No, I got you. So like was, uh, once you decided that, uh, football was no longer your thing, what did you transition to? Like, did you transition uh, to? Yeah, more, music yeah, radio? just, um, yeah. So, I took up IT. That's where I went to college or university for. Okay. Um, just to try and get a job quickly, I did, and then you know it just started as a hobby mainly, uh, trying to you know, listen to a lot of music, making mixtapes, always being like the ox guy at the on the car rides and all that kind of hey, stuff. Yo, yeah. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then eventually just uh, after you know an after party that um. That we had uh, once I was promoting. Well, take us take us back because you told me something about how you got started promoting. I guess at eighteen. Uh, so like, what what was the uh, what what was the origin and what was the uh, uh, genesis? Yeah, the origin into, story of EBM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so EDM, I, I was yeah. a promoter for most first of all because uh, I just didn't want to pay to get into the clubs and I also didn't want to pay for alcohol. But I really wanted to be in the club. I, I loved the environment. I don't know why. I just I was just a party person. Just from the beginning so I got into promoting I wanted to you know get like um, good at that after getting pretty good at that doing pop girls and all that and I was running with like all the DJs and nightlife staff and all that what would you say is the biggest club in Edmonton right now I think I think right now it's called Midway Midway, but I haven't I haven't been there I haven't been there in open in a minute so so. you know it's current day you wouldn't yeah I'm not I'm pretty sure it's Midway because we were talking about Booking something there, but anyways, okay, uh, I okay. digress. Uh, yeah, so doing uh, promotions. Then uh, at an after party, we we're all at. Uh, I just was with the. There was a DJ's house, and he had his whole setup. 
Okay. Um, it was wax back then. It wasn't even like controllers or computers or anything. It was just, you know, like the old school shit. So I was like, man, like, I kind of tried. Like, I, like, it looks so cool. It looks interesting. He's like, yeah, man, knock your socks off. I'm fucking drunk. I'm just going to go drinking. <laughs> have fun with my friends and I was like yeah sure so I just stayed there like from like 3 a.m. that we got there to like 9 a.m. just trying to figure it out like what does what like what was a fader what's like the UQ what does it happens when I try and scratch everything just trying to like I just got just, just hooked instantly right and um, then I was like yo like I need to like learn like can you teach me or is he like yo I don't have time to teach you but I can sh- put you on the right path to like you know getting your stuff like he's like I learned I taught myself. Okay. I'm pretty sure you, after, you know, what you did tonight, if you're really into it, you can probably do the same. Just teach So yourself. I asked DJ Chris Cuts in yeah. our episode of The Mix, what yeah. was his first piece of DJ equipment? He said a 1200. Yeah. What was your first piece of DJ equipment? Mine was like a Stanton, like hand-me-down belt drive turntable that somebody was about to throw out. And that was okay. my first piece of equipment. It was a, it was a turntable, um, and then I had a Serato, like the earlier versions of it, like Serato one or two or whatever it was. When it was, you needed those time coded, okay, um, records and like a, that box that hooked up that interface that hooked up to the mixer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was made, my like first thing, and uh, that's when um, I was like getting serious into it. But then um, it was so hard to DJ on those belt drive turntables because like it's not perfect, so. The mix is always getting off, and you have to keep adjusting, and you have to keep touching. Oh, the BPMs are yeah, always going off. Yeah, oh, they're you... going fluctuating because it's belt drive, so it's like not exactly all the time. And okay, it it was the hardest like thing to DJ on, but I eventually figured it out. But after learning on that, I mean, I can you can put anything in front of me, and I'll play on it. Like oh wow, uh, so wow. yeah, nice, nice. So that so that was your foray. You first started promoting. Then you went to this party, yeah. this guy, you know, he followed through, he told you what was good. Yeah. And so you got kind of going on that path. And so like, how did it go from, okay, now I know how to do this skill. You know, I'm a smart, I'm a yeah. pretty intelligent guy to how do I get paid to do this deal? I'm, I'm guessing because you were a promoter, yeah. it, it was kind of like you, you were promoting. So you, you picked the DJ. Yeah. Right? So, so were you, bro, were you, come on, keep it real. Was you picking yourself? Was you be like, yo, let's pick me. <laughs> No, well, I mean, I was a promoter, but I wasn't, like, the head promoter, and I wasn't, like, the owner of the companies or the managers at the clubs, so, like, you know, I brought my little group of people, but, like, I didn't really have a say on who was playing back then, I was just more like, hey, can I play, can I play, and... After hanging around this beside the DJ for enough weeks in a row, harassing them to like let me play for a bit, then they finally let. I said, "Okay, we'll give you a shot." And then like I started, you know. So playing. what was the first venue that you uh, DJed at? Uh, in Edmonton or in Vancouver? I, I would yeah. Let's start a, with your Edmonton. In yeah. Edmonton, like I was just doing like guest spots at like random places. I think back then it was called Bar None or Mixed or oh, okay. something like that. It was There's just, a Bar None out here too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. But your first ever DJ gig yeah. was. Uh, place called Barnum. Yeah, I think it was Barnum, yeah. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, it was, uh, uh, and then they, because they thought I was Latin, they expected some sort of Latin thing, and then I was, like, scrambling nearly, like, to, like, figure it out. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't really really play Latin. I play, like, more, like, TDM, uh, Top 40 remix type of shit. So now I'm scrambling to get Latinos, first Latinos involved, and then, two, get some Latin music mixed into my set to, like, try and, like, kind of 
deliver on some weird expectation that everybody had that just because I'm Mexican, I got to play Latin music. So, but anyway, anyways, so you're Mexican, you are the one. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of pressure. You are the one. Yeah. So, um, um yeah, it was good. It was good though. Uh, it was successful. Um, so uh, I remember that day. It was, it was really nice having all your friends cheering you on, hearing your name from the crowd. It was fun. That is cool. That yeah. is a, a cool experience. Um, so what, was it like, I guess, so you're saying your friends were there. Was it like nerve wrecking? Because it was like, the vibe is on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you yeah, know. It was super, super like uh, stressful, I guess. I don't know if, it, if, I'm sure if you DJed before, you could tell this. But like, if when you're first starting out, like you're like so focused on like not fucking up. That you're like not really even looking up at the crowd. The crowd, and, like, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on. So like a lot of DJs have that, especially when you're starting out that you're like, oh my God, I can't fuck up. But then. Uh, my biggest thing is just like fucking just relax. Um, even if you don't make the perfect mix, as long as you have good programming, and uh, programming is getting a good set of songs or a good base of songs that you know that that crowd is gonna like, it's um, it's gonna go off just because people just like music, and um, as long as the good you got a good choice, then it's gonna work. That's what's um, up. It's obviously not going to be the best and there's going to be a lot of haters, but hey, everybody's going to start somewhere, right? So did you, because you knew it was your first time, did you like assemble your friends? You'd be like, yo, yo, come on out, man. I'm, I'm DJing. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like to like, if yeah. you if you got your home crowd, yeah, exactly. then even if it goes whack, yeah, they still going to be like, oh, and you was so good. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> Despacito. Oh, man, that was crazy, yeah, bro. Basically, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, like yeah. kind of like a false sense of pride. Yeah. But, that's yeah, what good friends. But yeah. no, um, because I say that last time, the first time I did comedy in LA, yeah. uh, it was in the Valley. It was a place called Haha ha Cafe. It was in North Hollywood. Um, at the time, my grandmother and my aunt, where my aunt was a chef in Culver City, and my grandmother uh, was, they were living, they were in Glendale. Her, my uh, grandfather, and they um, they came out to my first spot, and so like, um, I knew no matter what. My aunt, she just loud, you know. Rest in peace, my aunt Elena. She's just loud. So I was like, okay, she gonna be loud. I'm gonna be able to hear that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's gonna set me at ease. And then my grand uh, grandfather Michael, he's like, ha, ha, ha. you got one of them big ass yeah. 1970 big belt buckle. <laughs> I drive a truck, laughs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give me my big piece of ass chicken, laugh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sit your, go in your ass in the room and don't don't mess with me while I'm watching my TV show. Them kind of laughs. So. Uh, he really set me at ease. My grandma, she just, I don't know, she was just looking beautiful. She always oh, love you, grandma. So uh, everything was uh, very comforting and very settling. And uh, I was like, no matter what, you know, I got them in the crowd. So like, I was just curious. Like, yeah, it was like, yeah, it's really nice to have people that are in the crowd that are gonna, you know, support you no matter what. Yeah. So even if you fuck up or even if you're joking and funny, you're you're still gonna get at least somebody like you know chuckling or laughing or you know, screaming and putting their hands up or whatever the case may be. And it's it's just really nice to have good good friends. So, so I'm, I'm grateful for that too. That, that, at that time, I had a good crowd. I'm, I mean, most of them, I like, I think I only speak to one or two of them now still. So yeah, yeah, just yeah. the way life works, I guess. That's yeah. what's up, man. Yeah. So so that went well, your first night at Bar None with the, you know, with the the, Mex the, the, the Latin mix, but uh, yeah. of, of that flavor, man. And so like, were you just hooked? Well, I mean, I guess you had already been doing the promoting thing, so the DJing was just the next step. Yeah, then so yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we were. I, I was hooked back then. I was just kind of like just you know all the time trying to practice or mix or whatever, trying to get more gigs and stuff. And yeah, I think I actually got offered to DJ like shortly after that. I offered to uh, be like one of the residents at another like little pub or 
place on on like the White Ave, if you know Edmonton. It's like it used to be like the Party Street. Now it's kind of more downtown, from what I gather. But it used to be like the Party Street. I, there was like a little pub there. I got offered to do like the a residency there, and I actually just turned it down because I was uh, I was too scared because I was like I, I'm not ready for that. Like I don't know I don't know what I'm doing yet. Like I was. Like, Where, but how long had you been DJing? Like like months, months, like maybe a couple of weeks. Like I don't know. Like it was oh, just like yeah. So wow, like, but that's that's a big step up. That somebody yeah. is offering you a residency. Yeah, they're like, like yeah, you can just come in, take over. He's like, once you got the residency here, like you know, the nightclub game is just a revolving door. You can just start moving around to wherever. That's how all DJs start. And I'm like, oh fuck, I don't think i'm ready like my library i don't think it's good enough like i was just had so many doubts on myself and i actually passed that up i actually regret that decision now if i look back on it one of the few ones in my career that i you know i could have maybe taken back on but in another sense i was like kind of just like really was very self-aware of what my value was and i just didn't want to like you know get thrown out or get fired and then like you know that's that's another thing because yeah because the one thing about you, in you the get DJ, one one opportunity right, 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 right. <laughs> once people think you're whack yeah it's not like yo i got the newest serato bro yeah. no 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 I'm, I'm back no yeah. i was i was whack back in, <laughs> yeah back in 2010 but but i'm back i'm yeah. back yeah. No, it took me 13 years and now i got this hold on hold on let me let me lick my finger hold on you know well I mean? back yeah. then you couldn't you couldn't learn or you couldn't grow in public as much as you can now i feel like now you can really they have more leniency the promoters do and the clubs do about learning in public my mm. they're learning in public is like maybe you're not too good at djing yet but like you can bring like 30 people out they're like okay yeah you can have the opening slot and i'm like man like he's taking it away from this guy who's maybe in his bedroom practicing like 10 hours a day but he doesn't have too many friends because literally this is all he's focusing his time and energy on i feel like that's a little bit controversial but i mean whatever it is what it is now i'm a promoter i do the same thing (laughs) (laughs) that's funny full circle no actually but that's funny but the thing about it is is that you actually were that guy yeah you were that guy who could bring 30 people yeah you were because you were promoting right so like at what point which one uh i know you were doing it but which one when you were at the clubs was taking over which one was taking precedent or was there a nice little marriage well i, I was uh, i was doing it so uh, let me just fast forward a bit i did it in edmonton for a bit i never took djing that seriously as more of a hobby, hobby for me okay uh and then until i moved to vancouver where i was like okay let's take this to the next level i'm really enjoying djing and i've been fucking around with producing a bit but i really need some help with the production side like you can teach yourself but i mean it's better to just immerse yourself in that environment with people that actually know what the fuck they're talking about okay um so i came here and i um went to school for audio engineering music production so i got my diploma in that oh um, what, school, what school did you go to i uh, it was called uh hit it was in north van it was a smaller school i think they changed names and i got bought out now something some other school now but okay there's a few in town that are kind of doing that kind of sort of well no the, the reason i bring that up is because the last two actually let me try to think the last no was it really yep i think the last two djs that i did an interview yep. uh which the mix was with chris cuts and then mm-hmm. uh from the Bay to Vancouver with DJ Relly Wells, they both said they were self-taught. Yeah. Like I asked them, hey, you know, did you go to BCIT? Did you, uh, you know, take some online program? Yeah. And they said, no, we just kind of figured it out. So it's yeah. interesting. You're the first DJ that I've spoken to yeah. that is like, yeah, I went to such and such a school. But I mean, that goes to your, yeah. you already had an IT mentality. Uh, yeah, IT I background. mean, I was already, like uh, as a DJ, I was, uh, I would consider myself a professional DJ. I was like getting paid to DJ. But as a production, like producer, I like didn't, I felt like the gap was, 
I just wanted to bridge that gap really quickly. We thank you for listening to part one of Latin Flavor with DJ EVM here on The Great Northern Way. We remind you to listen to part two coming later this week. For any correspondence, you can message us at The Great Northern Way, P-O-D, on Instagram or Facebook at Kevo, K-E-V-O, Cavell. Don't forget to subscribe. We do appreciate your subscriptions. $2.99 per month on Spotify. We thank you for listening. And as always, be kind.